0: Welcome to sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It is Tuesday, April 20th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. It's been a good stretch for the Royals, who continue to lead the AL Central with one of the best records in the American League. Yeah, I know it's early, but there's no reason not to feel good about this start, especially with the improved starting pitching. Did you catch Danny Duffy's start in last night's loss to the Royals? He's got a .50 ERA now. So, good week for the Royals and for Salvador Perez. We talk about all of it today in a conversation that started as a Sports Beat Live with beat writer Lynn Worthy and columnist Sam Mellinger. Now it's a Sports Beat KC podcast. Let's get started. Hey, good morning from snowy, I repeat, snowy Kansas City. And welcome to Sports Beat Live, the weekly show where we talk Royals with the Kansas City Star reporters and columnists who know them best and with you. Please send us your questions and comments about the Royals. We'll get to as many of them as we can. Beat writer Lynn Worthy is here today, and so is uh, Frosty the Snowman, Sam Mellinger. Um, Sam, uh, I I want you to take this opportunity to defend your love of temperatures that would rival— I don't know, an NBA scoring leader uh, average, um, because here we are, <laughs> temperatures in the low 30s, snow on the ground, and this is your kind of weather, my friend.
1: It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. I'm going to make some chili, make a fire later. It's great. <laughs> it's a good day. And the roads are not bad either. Like People complaining, like, well, what are you complaining about? The roads are clear. Stop it. Enjoy it. Hey,
0: I came downtown today. Roads are fine. Didn't take me any extra time, and I actually yeah, I like Um And of course, Lynn, being from the Northeast originally, this is—he's laughing at the, mm-hmm. uh, at the at the week-long weather forecast predicting the, um, you know, the this, this uh, what an inch and a half, two inches of snow. That uh, the roads were pretty uh, pretty empty coming downtown this morning.
2: Yeah, in New England—they don't. Uh, they, this would not count as snow. This is. <laughs> This is a mere uh, dusting. That's all that is. <laughs> and I think I, I think I saw this morning. The National Weather Service said something like, um, "Today's like two point something inches is the the most daily snowfall we had this uh, this year." Which, again, in
0: New England, they laugh at that. That's not. That's not snow. That's <laughs> not. Can I can I make a uh, can I make a baseball segue? Sure. Wish you would. But first, before you do, Sam, oh, yeah. uh, w- let me let me just thank our the, our sponsor, University of Kansas Health System uh, for, uh, for for their fine work and, and uh, really appreciate them being on board as a sponsor. So segue away, Sam.
1: All right. Um, it is supposed to warm up a little bit like warm up a little bit later. So I don't, I don't know if the game will happen tonight or not. But trivia. Who was the Royals opponent the last time a game was snowed out?
0: What was it? Hang on. Was it in Kansas
1: City? Yeah. Royals game in Kansas City. I
0: will say because you asked the question the way that you did and there must be
1: some ha ha to the answer. I'd say the Rays. It was the Rays and it was in May. It was even later in the year than this. What year was it? I forgot what year. It would have been 13-ish. Wow. Something like that. 12-13, 12-13, something like that. But yeah, it was the Rays. Okay. Pete
0: Radoff's got it. You got it. Nailed it. <laughs> John,
1: <laughs> John Slesar had the best pictures from from before that game, which is like no surprise. But it it was great. Like some of the Rays and Royals came out and started playing in the snow. It was great. I remember that. Now that you mentioned it,
0: um, Lynn, they're not going to. They won't call off tonight's game, will they? Because of the temperature, or I don't. I, I wouldn't think, but.
2: Um, I not at this point, I don't think, I mean, yesterday it sounded like, um, you know, there was optimism that they'd be able to play cause the snow was going to, the, the snow was going to stop <laughs> by the middle of the day. Um, and I saw, I was watching the MLB, uh, network earlier and there was an image of, you know, people out there already on the field at Kauffman, like, um, you know, just trying to clear it up and trying to make sure they clear out the snow. So I would think they're going to make an attempt, um, to get this in and, um, I don't see why not, unless unless it's a lot worse there than, you know, what it is in the rest of Kansas City. (laughs) I would think they're going to make an attempt.
0: Right. Okay. since the last time we talked, um, uh, the Royals, I believe, were four and four. And we were worried about starting pitching uh, at the time. What a difference a week makes. So on the graphic during last night's game, uh, which the Royals lost, of course, four to one to the Rays. But um, on the uh, there was a graphic at some point. I was, at some point during Duffy's performance, that the Royals had the second best ERA in the American League among the starting pitchers over the past week, and uh, I, that number it was two point four six. And that number only decreased after Duffy's performance last night. We um, ended up taking the loss, but didn't give up an earned run in the six innings that that he pitched. So. Um, Interesting, Lynn, that the starting pitching has almost every night, every every game, uh, just one good performance after another. Um, I don't, I don't, I, what what can we say about uh, how you know the the Brady Singers and Brad Keller's and um, you know Duffy's have been throwing the ball here in the last week?
2: Well, this is exactly why, you know, you try and caution people when they see a bad performance. Like baseball season is too long to start losing it over, you know, Brady Singer not making it through for the first time out or even Brad Keller the first two times having rough outings. Because next time around, you see, you know, now you all of a sudden, it turn, you know, the, the outlook is Junis is giving you. 10 innings of like, I think he's given up two runs in his two starts when he was supposed to be the bullpen guy. You got Keller and his last start was five and two thirds. I think he gave up one run singer get through six scoreless. And then Duffy has now gone six in each of his. And I think he's ERA is 0.5. So after a few days, everybody's like, Oh, the starting pitching is going to be troubled mm, pump the brakes. And this is why you pump the brakes. Cause doing that in the first week of April was just sort of, you know, crazy. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, Danny Duffy is going to win the sign young either based off of, you know, three starts. But it's just you've got to you got to take the big
0: picture view. Pretty encouraged by Duffy's uh, three starts, though, Sam, aren't
1: you? Yeah. Yeah. I thought um, in the broadcast last night, I thought Ryan made a really good point uh, about Duffy that, you know, he kind of came up as a kind of a wild man. Right. Um, Power pitcher pumping upper 90s, um, trying to blow guys away um uh, and then at some point he kind of d- morphed into much more of a finesse guy you know sort of what some of us would think of just like a classic you know crafty lefty and and now this season at least it seems like he's a combination of both uh you know he can get mid-90s you know when he needs it um but he's also has a much better feel than he did when he was 22 or whatever which is obviously understandable about you know just how to work work hitters and and pitch the contact sometimes, but also get a strikeout, you know, w- when the moment calls for it. Um, you know, again, like Lynn said, it's only uh what, three starts and and I would take the over on uh you know his 0.50 ERA at the end of the season. But um we are seeing like some of his best. You know, this is like the best that that Danny has. Um, and it's 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 cool to watch. You know, for those of us like, you know, that have kind of seen him develop, you know, from Again, like the guy that would have, you know, he'd, he'd leave, he'd go two and a third or whatever and throw 94 pitches, you know, and have, uh, didn't he have like a 35 pitch inning one time early uh, w- when he first came up? You know, those days seem to be gone, um, you know, and he still has that fire, though. This is not like a veteran that's, you know, sort of numb to the emotions of baseball. I mean, we saw that on that that comebacker last night, right, um, you know, that started the double play and then and the chest bump. And I think some of that was... I think he was pissed at the umpire. I think Ortiz, he was getting squeezed. Um, you know that that was <laughs> really bad zone, uh, and I'm sure that was part of it. But it's it's just, it, it is cool to see. You know, like this is part of the cool thing about baseball. You get, you get to see guys you know develop from from young to to veteran. It's it's been nice to see.
0: We're gonna uh, we're gonna hear from Duffy here in a moment. But, um, uh, Lynn, I, I think you're right. I think he was uh, frustrated at Ortiz. It was an interesting strike zone last night. Not a great one. Uh, it was kind of uh, – I know that Solaire got rung up early in the game on a ball that looked uh, a good six inches yeah. off off the plate. Um, but uh, what about um, – oh, the other thing I wanted to say about Duffy, one thing that I've noticed about him is his his fastball in the strike zone, going to different places in the box. And uh, it, at one point, one of his strike one of his eight strikeouts last night, uh, was a 96-mile-an-hour fastball right down the middle. I mean, there was a time when hitters would have sat on that pitch, but I, I think he's, he's shown so much control and, and uh, variety in his, in his pitches that you, know, you, you can stand there and look at a 96-mile-an-hour d- uh, fastball down the middle and, and, uh, uh, and, and get guys out with it. So let's, I'll tell you what, Beth, let's hear from Danny Duffy. Got his 1,000th career strikeouts uh, against the Rays last night and uh, was asked how we felt about
1: it you know that you were near that milestone and and what was your reaction when you did get that strike out to not only strike out the side but but then achieve that milestone
3: yeah it's um you know something I knew I was approaching but uh, I don't really concern myself with that kind of stuff but when it when it happened and you know when my boys came over and congratulated me it did mean a lot um really thankful to uh to be here as long as I have and, um, really cool deal.
1: Does it mean anything to you that, uh, your 1000 strikeout comes out a week after Salvi's one thousandth hit hit as a Royal?
3: Of course it does. Um, you know, I'm, I can't tell you how proud I am of that guy and to be his teammate for as long as I have. Um, and for him to achieve that milestone, that was huge. And, uh, for us to be able to get it, I think it was in like within like five days. Both get to you know a pretty solid milestone. It means a lot. It's cool to do that. And with Carlos's thousandth walk, I mean, goodness gracious, we've we've had a week. So um, yeah, it meant a lot to me.
0: Well, Danny gave us the opportunity to uh, to transition to Salvador Perez. Uh, we'll do that in a moment. But uh, Steve Hogan, thanks Sam for remembering the year of the May snow. That everyone in his Tuesday breakfast group was trying to come up with it this morning. Um, Steve, glad you got out to the breakfast group this morning. And um, and Stephen Solomon wants to know about uh, Bobby Wood Jr. updates. We'll get to that as uh, as well later in in the show. But uh, but yeah, as Duffy said, it was uh, you know th- this was his thousand uh, mile you know strikeout milestone week, and last uh, last week was Salvador Perez's thousandth base hit, and that was just the beginning of a great great stretch for salvador perez what a week for the royals catcher with you know not just that it was on a four for you know he was four for four in that game he um he ended a game with a with a very alert defensive play where he threw out a runner at third base um who wandered off a little too far on a ball that was in the dirt he he won a game with a walk-off home run he won another game with a with a home run late and just an incredible week for salvador perez what uh um, Lynn, I know you haven't been the beat writer for only a few years now, but, uh, this is, uh, this is as good a stretch really as, as Salvador has had, it seems to me, you know, in the last couple of years, but uh, just kind of a carryover from the way the season ended for him last year.
2: Yeah, Salvador Perez is, um, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Um, he, uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at last year, I think last year the question was how was he going to bounce back because, you know, that was the year coming off of Tommy John. He missed the whole season. Is he going to have a slow start? And then there was the delay because, you know, the pandemic and everything, so it was a shorter season. Um, but we have we saw nothing but good from him really last year. The only thing that, that you know, sidetracked him last year was he had the eye issue that where he literally couldn't see. And he was still taking it bats when he couldn't see. Um, but other, other than that, he was, you know, he's been, just been, you know, nails at the plate behind the plate. Um, and he carried it over into this year. And for a guy who, you know, um, he's upwards of 30 now he's, you know, he got that, that extension, but he doesn't seem like he's taking immediate steps back down the line who knows I mean um but he's he seems like he's really still trying to refine his approach at the plate he still works as hard as ever behind the plate he's working with the young pitching staff um so I mean Salvi is you know he's he's their guy I mean I'm I'm trying to remember who I think it was Josh Stalmont maybe the other day who said just flat out he said he's he's our leader like it's you know he's like you guys You don't even need to ask me about that. He's you can ask a fan; they're going to tell you the same thing. I'm going to tell you about just how amazing it is to watch
1: him He's the right guy for that role, too. You know what I mean? Like, because he's a bridge—just that position, right—a bridge between hitters and pitchers, and and also (laughs) like his his like sort of Salviness. You know, like a a lot of clubhouses. You know, we all know this are are divided between English speakers and and Spanish speakers, right? And and I think Sal can kind of bridge that gap and, and bring everybody together. I also wonder, like, this is total 100% armchair psychology um, and and maybe <laughs> worth nothing. But th- the Royals paid, like, objectively <laughs> too much money in, in that extension. Um, you know, that, that they paid up front before this season, I think, about what Sal maybe could have gotten if he had a huge year. And, and hit the market. And, and the Royals paid that up front without seeing what he did this season. Um, and there's a chance that when he's 35 and making 23 million or whatever, that they're going to regret that. But I wonder, and this is the armchair psychology part, he seems like the kind of guy that, you know, you worry about some guys when they get paid just going off a cliff, you know, like that. I'm, I'm here, you know, <laughs> Jose Guillen <laughs> comes okay. to mind a little bit here. Uh, I wonder if Sal is like the other way, like if, if he just feels sort of, lifted by the faith and, 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 and everything else. I, it's again, total armchair psychology and we'll see, I get that he was great last year too uh, for 37 games. Um, but it's just something that, that I've wondered about when, you know, in this hot start right after he signed the contract, Just something to keep in mind.
0: We've talked about it before, but is there an influence at least at the plate with uh, the presence of Carlos Santana in the lineup um, mm-hmm. and, uh, the, the fact that Santana is so good at, at taking pitchers, pitch selection, and Salvador seems to be a little bit better at that this year.
2: He, he I mean, I think he had – I'm trying to remember if it was the first – it was within the first maybe nine games I think he had as many walks as he had last year because he had three walks last year in 37 games, and he got to that pretty quick this year. Now, he's not exactly going up to every at-bat just looking to take pitches. I mean, I think there was times last night where – No, he's up there and he's swinging the first pitch, and he's you know he he's letting it fly. So he still does that. And um, it was interesting in spring training. He was talking about how they they actually did have him go up there and look to take pitches, at least you know to start off in the bat, like you know just to just to see some pitches, just to get the the feel of not going up there and just swinging right away. Um, And I think Santana helps with that somewhat, but I think it's also just the the coaches getting in his ear and. Him being at an age where he's more, you know, more receptive to those ideas and and, and willing to, you know, maybe take a little, little step back in terms of the way he's gone up there at the plate uh, in past years. Um, so I think it's, you know, it's Pedro Grafal, it's Terry Bradshaw, it's Mike Tozar, it's John Mabry. I think it's all that. Plus guys like Santana and just being at the right spot in his career where he's willing to be like, OK, maybe I should, you know, be more mindful and i think he's even said that before there's a lot of times where he didn't necessarily pay as much attention to you know the the scouting reports or trying to think through at bats whereas now he's he's really kind of trying to um i guess dive into that mental side of the of the you know taking each at bat
0: hey it's blair we have a special subscription offer for beat kc listeners Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKCoffer to get this special offer, and as always, thanks for listening.
1: You know, it's it's interesting about Sal when you watch him at the plate this year, because you know, if, if you look at the you know, pitches per plate appearance. Um, It's basically the same as it's been for him the last few years. Um, His chase rate is a little bit down, um, just a little bit, uh, at least so far this season. But it does like what I think, you know, just to maybe underline what Lynn just said, um, it seems like there's more of an idea (laughs) of what he's doing. You know, it just seems like there's more of a, I don't want this to sound insulting of of what he has been, you know, in his twenties or whatever, just more of a, Thoughtful approach to the plate appearance. It's just it, it, that's what it looks like when when you watch him. Um, and you know it, it helps when you're hitting the snot out of it, right? Like they pitch you differently. And uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're the pitcher, National League pitcher going up there, you're you know you're going to get pitched differently than Carlos Santana. But it just, it does seem like he's got a little bit different approach then.
2: Yeah, I think he's got more of a plan at the plate. At least yeah, that's right. from what he's said, it just seems like. It. And, that, and that doesn't mean that he's not swinging early. I mean, I think sure. the other day, the, the the home run that he hit on Sunday, I mean, he went up there with a plan at the plate, and he swung first pitch, and he knocked it out the dang park into the fountains. I mean, and, and you saw, I mean, just looking at that inning, I mean, Santana went up there, swung first pitch, then Salvi went up there, swung first pitch, hits it into the fountains. So Leia came up after him, swung first pitch and hit a double. I mean, so it's swinging first pitch doesn't mean that he doesn't have a plan. It was That was the plan. He was – because that was the question I asked afterwards. I said, so were you looking for a location or were you looking for a pitch because you swung first pitch? And he said he was looking for the sinker. And if he got it, you know, somewhat up and he, he got a good look at it, he was going to go after it. And so that – I mean, again, playing at the plate doesn't mean that he's taking pitches. It means that he knows what he's looking for. And even, you know, also keep in mind that, you know, I think it was Brady Singer the other day. Hitting is freaking hard. So <laughs> even if you got a plan at the plate, doesn't mean you're going to be able to execute it.
0: You know the the uh, the walk off home run, which was the third of his his career, was you know jump out of your seat moment yeah. for for the Royals. But the home run on Sunday, I think, was uh, was was just as satisfying because it came uh, was it in the seventh or the eighth? I can't remember exactly. Maybe in the seventh. Didn't it? Seventh.
3: I believe? The, 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 that the, the, one
0: uh, the didn't the Jays have two more two more uh at bats after that? But the but the reason I bring that up is the that was the game where the Royals had left the bases loaded in the first and the had oh eight, yeah. run, eight runners left in the first three innings. Nothing they could not get a big hit in that game until Salvador came up and you know and hit a mistake and and drove it into the fountains. So. Um, you know, it's like he, the Royals are having a, you know, they're getting a great pitching performance, but having a, I, th- I think that was singer's day. And, and, and he basically rescues them from, from that. I just thought that's, uh, as dramatic as the walk-off was just to, to save the Royals on that day as well was just as significant to me. So
2: it left a small village on the base path. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, I think it was 13 in the game. I want to say, if I remember correctly, but it was bases loaded in the first and second innings of that game. Um, yeah, they they just couldn't come through with a hit. And then Salvy comes through with the hit.
1: Exactly. I was starting to think about this, too. Uh, the Royals are like they're not the Dodgers, right? Like the Dodgers are just a freaking juggernaut. Um, but, you know, the Royals, like we talk a lot during football season about, you know, teams needing to play like complimentary football. Right. Like coaches talk about that all the time. I feel like the Royals. If they're going to do this and stay in it and 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 be in the playoffs, be that kind of team, they're going to need to play like complimentary baseball, you know, and they're going to need moments like that that you just described, Blair. And they're going to need, um, you know, the rotation to go at least six or seven or whatever to not burn out the bullpen. And they're going to need, um, you know, the bullpen to keep things close, maybe the offense to score a lot so they can use, you know, sort of the the bottom of the depth chart in the bullpen on some nights to keep Stomont and Zimmer and Holland and those guys fresh. I mean, They're, they're going to need little moments like that. And, and, and Sal, like we've been saying, Sal's provided like 10 of them in the last week.
0: And yet could not get AL player of the week. Um,
1: yeah. He threw no, no hitters, which was, uh, <laughs> turns out to be, <laughs> That's right.
0: he, he was, t- he was tied for second among those who didn't throw no hitters last week. And the guy who did was the AL player of the week, uh, uh, Carlos Rondon. So, um, and yes, the Royals aren't the Dodgers, a- and yet uh, they join the Dodgers as the only teams in baseball to not lose a series this season. That's that's pretty impressive. Um, uh, we were able to ask a member of the Royals ownership group this week about the Royals, <laughs> and uh, let's let's hear what uh, one of the one of the co-owners of the Royals had to say about his team this week. Patrick, I just wanted to know how much, how much enjoyment are you getting out of the Royals these days? Yeah, I mean, I think we have, like, the best record in the AL right now. I know it's by it's a couple of percentage points, but to see that the, them starting off uh, so hot and, and really getting contributions from everybody on the team, uh, that that's, gives me optimism of have, having a great run, and it's carried over some spring training and hopefully we will carry through the rest of the season. So... Um, Patrick's on board. Uh, no, no, um, no longer the best record in the AL. Did they, did they ever have it even by percentage points? I can't. Did,
2: I think did they, by percentage points, they had it.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, there I think, I think they're third now just based on the loss last night. And of course it's ridiculously early. What are they? Um, uh, what, what Nine and six is the record now. So, uh, <laughs> but, but good enough to lead the AL central by a game and, Tonight will be game number sixteen, which means ten percent of the season, right? And uh, even if they lose tonight, there'll be two games over 10 percent of the season. You add that up through the year, that gives you twenty games over five hundred for a season. Uh, um, not a bad record. i mean ninety-one and seventy-one. That'll get you in the playoffs, I think, especially if, uh, uh, if if um, if this is a, a you know an extra playoff uh, birth year in in baseball. So, um, no, no, things are going good, but. This brings me to, uh, Sam, I love the note that you had in the Mellinger minutes. Uh, the, the Royals are playing well, and yet uh, we can go down their lineup and assign uh, to um, a list uh, players who are underperforming and, and players who are overperforming based on expectation. And the underperforming list, I think, is a little longer than the, uh, the overperforming list. Uh, tell, us about, uh, tell us about those lists.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think by far, like, the, the only guy, you know, I don't know, maybe we can nitpick about, you know, Salvador Perez having a 944 OPS or whatever. But um, really, the only guy that is, like, significantly overperforming, um, you know, a fair expectation is Danny Duffy. And I think it's fair to expect him to be really good, uh, but just, you know, like we said, not a 0.50 ERA. But if you look at... Uh, I mean, I've I just got the stats in front of me right here. Um, Brad Keller, he was much better in the last one. I think he'll be good going forward. But, you know, that's two out of his three starts have been atrocious. Um, you know, Mike Miner has not been, you know, what they expected. Uh, I'm just going down here. Um, uh, do you want to say Nicky Lopez? I mean, he's he's basically been a league average hitter. Is that overperforming? I don't think significantly. um Hansel Alberto has not been hitting. Uh, Benintendi hasn't been hitting. Um, Jorge Soler hasn't been hitting. Hunter Dozier is has a one sixty seven slugging percentage. Mondesi, um, you know, has not played yet. So, you know, they've got um, they're nine and six, right? Is that what we just said? And yeah. um, and they've got a lot of guys who. You know, there's some stuff to uh, that. The, the, they've got a lot of guys that can provide more than than what they've been providing so far. I think that, to me, uh, if you're going to be optimistic um uh, about the rest of the season, I think that's you know probably that's where I would start. You know, is that they've got they're, they're nine and six right now, and they've not been playing as well as they should. Now they need to play better because their run differential is even, which is you know, history will tell you is a, um, you know, is a 500 club. So if they want to be in the playoffs, they've got to play a little bit better, but they've got the guys to do it. And they've got more depth on guys that just aren't on the big league roster, right? Like all these pitching prospects and, um, and everything else. So they're they're in a pretty good spot.
0: So Lynn, that was um, maybe a little bit reflected in the, in the batting order yesterday. It got shaken up a little bit, didn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. He went with Santana in the two spot, um, dropped Benintendi down, um, and part of that, I think, was you know, seeing another lefty, and they've they're in a stretch where it's just you know, lefty after lefty after lefty because Toronto threw all lefties just about, I think the doubleheader day switched it up a little bit, but they were going to go all lefties in that series. And then um, got a lefty again yesterday. Uh, so that, that caused part of it, but also part of it, I think is just a, you know, Benny has been scuffling a little bit. And um, Matheny talked about it last year. Like we saw it when he put Solaire in the two spot, like that, that's a spot in the order where, um, you know, if you've got a guy that you feel like, you know, you want to get more at bats because he's going to be productive or he's going to, you know, get on base that Matheny will do that. Um, we saw where he had switched uh flip-flopped uh you know sal and and Carlos uh in the series before so yeah he'll he'll tinker with that lineup and he'll he'll make some changes um again like i said part of it's the left-handers but um yeah the offense is not you know not clicked you know like the way remember again this is that early season thing because after the first what three games this was murderous row scoring double digit runs and so <laughs> you know and then that that sort of you know, came back to earth. So, but yeah, like Sam said, it's just, you got a lot of guys who haven't done it yet. Um, The one that I guess it's interesting because you, like you said, you know, Nikki maybe is a league league average hitter, but it wasn't too long ago that people were ready to just get rid of him. You know, like the fans were ready to send him on the first thing, smoking out of town. And now, you know, between his playing shortstop and the fact that he is, you know, at least a serviceable at bat, that's, that's been key for them in a lot of games.
0: Ann Flannery says they're in great shape. I'm looking forward to the rest of the freaking season. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Heck yeah, heck yeah! It certainly has been fun. I think we talked about this and before the season started, one of the um, one of something I'll be looking forward to is uh, or have my fingers crossed about would be not getting off to those atrocious starts in April where they're just buried after a couple of weeks and. It's uh, you know you're just wondering what the promotions are in the summer because uh, you know who's bobblehead's coming up this week uh, to to plan the, your royals trip, but that's uh that's certainly not the case um and one one little note we should mention i didn't I didn't realize this until I started reading it in the Royals notes on a daily basis uh the Royals have by far the best the longest streak in baseball when it comes to holding leads after seven innings. What is it, Lynn is it up to over fifty now or
2: It's 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 over 50, and I don't want to give the wrong number, but I think it's over 50. And I'm trying to remember what it was, but yeah, it's over 50. It's um, you know, and that's not to say that they um, you know, uh, like they may have given up leads, but then still won the game or won an extra inning. So it's not like if you get to the seventh, it's over. You know, just you know, pack it in. But it's they find a way when they get to that point. They usually find a way, or they have during the streak to come out with the win. So, yeah, it's um, and you think about that's been a lot of different dudes, too, just when you think about like the, the stretch that that has gone. But then also just the way the last couple of years they've used different guys in different roles. I and mean, I think we talked about it last. uh I think it was for last week that, you know, even this year in the first seven wins, you had five different guys collect saves. I mean, like that's, you know, it's different people. And then if you go back to past years and the different cast of characters. I mean, like there's that, that run that Ian Kennedy had where he had 30 saves. I mean, like that's. All of that is part of uh, the streak.
0: Okay, I want to get into the bullpen in a bigger way on, on a, a subsequent show. But let's um, uh, let's let's begin to wind it down by g- returning to uh, Stephen Solomon's questions. Any Bobby Witt Jr. updates? And and while we're at it, just stretching it out to the al- alternate site updates. Um, what, what, do we know with uh, any news to come out of Northwest Arkansas? As far
2: as I know, just the fact that they're, you know, they're, they can, they're playing games inter-squad, but as well as, you know, there've been some games with, uh, um, you know, other te- alternate site teams. Um, and then also the spring training games for the minor leaguers have started, you know, the, not the alternate site group, but the group um, that's going to be actually, that started minor league camp after big league camp. That group is also playing minor league games too. So you'll see sometimes online lineups that have, you know, um, different minor leaguers, whether that's uh, Asa Lacy or, um, you know, Daniel Lynch highlights from alternate site, like that stuff's going on. So they're not, you know, in the middle, they're not just off in nowhere. They're they're actually playing, they're staying sharp. Um, guys have come up from the alternate site, like uh, Tyler Zuber, who pitched last night, pitched over this weekend. So um, that is wrong. But I mean, I don't think there's anything significant as far as, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think because somebody had a great at bat in the alternate site that he's going to be in Kansas city tomorrow. I don't, I don't see that happening, but um, you know, they're, they're, they're staying ready and they're, you know, they're still options.
0: Well, I've got to tell you, if I see a great at bat on Twitter or something, they better be up here the next day. <laughs> it. That's, that's just how it works these days. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay guys. Hey, I, I really appreciate the conversation and we will do it again next week. Thanks to Beth. Welsh for, for producing and again to the University of Kansas uh Health System for, for sponsoring this show. So until next week, take care and we'll talk to you soon. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sports Beat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith, tip of the cap to Lynn Worthy, and Sam malinka for stopping by and talking royals. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on kansascity.com. Hey, we got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus many more stories that appear only on the website, including Sam's Mellinger Minutes. That is a fantastic column, a a great, great read. After three months, this deal, it auto auto renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And what a great time to subscribe. The Royals still in first place in the AL Central. Local college is always making news and the draft is coming up for the Chiefs. How do you get this? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That is kansascity.com slash sportspass 2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of those offers, send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com. I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting in supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Wednesday with another episode.